All right, so we are up to Daf Ayin Vav. Moving right along. We're up to page 76 in the Heligim Seches Nedarim. Let us go back to the bottom of Ayin Hayam Abase. Two, um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six lines to the bottom of Ayin Hayam Abase. The last words on the line are Toshama. Come on, this we're going to try to find an answer. Now, what's the Shiloh that we asked yesterday? So, we had a dispute between Rabbi Lezer and the Chacham. If a husband is leaving town, or whatever the circumstances are surrounding it, he says to his wife, any vows that you make over the next period of time, call it three weeks, is confirmed. Everybody agreed, you cannot do that. You cannot confirm vows before it's made. The question is, what about removing vows? Rabbi Lezer holds, you can remove vows, before they're made. So if a husband says to his wife, any vows that you make for the next three weeks are removed, Rabbi Lezer says, the vows are removed. The Chavim say, no it's not. The same way you cannot confirm a vow in advance, you cannot remove a vow in advance. Okay? We asked the Shaila, which is, what is the Kishkes, what's the Lumdus of Rabbi Lezer's statement when he says you can remove vows in advance? The, is the vow made and then removed immediately? Or is it that the vow is not effective at all? What was the practical difference as we learned? If she makes a vow and somebody else says, and me, she says, I'm in a zero. Somebody else says, and me. Or she says, I'm not going to eat meat. Somebody says, and me. If it's effective for a split second, so then that second vow has something to latch on to. If the first vow is not effective at all, so then whoever said, and me, is also not obligated in the vow because there was no vow for them to latch on to. We tried giving a few answers, a few proofs, whether or not it is effective for a moment, whether it's not effective at all. We didn't come up with any clear proofs. So Tashma, come, let's bring a proof whether or not, in Rebbe Lezer's opinion, that you may remove a vow in advance. Is it effective at all? Is it, is it not effective at all or is it effective for a moment? So Tashma, come and bring a riot from here. And this is what we ended off with yesterday. We learned this. This has to do with mikvah. The Chom said to Rebbe Eliezer, who holds you can remove a vow ahead of time. According to Rebbe Eliezer, you should agree that a mikvah which removes somebody from their state of Toma and makes them Tahar. We know if you go down to the mikvah and step on a sharetz and hold the sharetz in your hand, the mikvah ain't going to protect you. Tough luck. Certainly a person who does not remove, does not change the status of something tummy to something tar. Let's you have something tummy that goes into your body. It's not going to make it tar. How much more so? How much more so can it not protect something tar from becoming tummy? You learn from here. It's not going to be chal. And this is what we explained yesterday. And that is, according to your opinion, Rebbe Liezer, that prevent is stronger. So the Chum are saying to him, you know, oh, one second, you know, your Kavachaymer is that a person's body could, could, uh, cannot change something which was Tahar to, to, uh, with, that went into the Tamei body to make it Tahar again. Says the Gemara, from their response to Rebbe Liezer, and again, the rise from the response, as we explained yesterday, 
you see that Rebbe Eliezer's whole svara is that he's saying that the vow never happened. The whole vow is prevented in the first place as opposed to it happening and then being removed. To which the Gemara responds, no. Look at the end of the Brisa, top of today's daf. If a person can take something to a mikvah, we should allow a tahar vessel to be immersed ahead of time so that it cannot even be tummy later. You hear this? Let me ask you a question. You have a, you have a, a cup, metal cup. You know it's going to touch a dead body. Can you immerse it in a mikvah? And say, you know, right now the cup's tar. I'm putting in the mikvah now, I'll das, that when it touches the dead body, it should have become dummy. Can't do that. Right? It's not the way it works. So once you're bringing in the laws of tomentar over here, you see that ataka is chal, and then is removed right afterwards. The fact that they're having this conversation, everybody would agree with the process of how mikvah works, Rebbe Lezer's svar, Rebbe Lezer's logic needs to be that it's going to happen the same way the mikvah, if you touch your tummy, tummy, it's going to become tummy. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen and then be removed. Says the Gemara, Amri, they said, Rabbanu Kaimi Elohim B'Taimei Rebbe Lezer, that weren't really so clear. Like Kaimei Elohim, it wasn't established by them. It's a beautiful expression. I mean, it wasn't established by them. Sometimes you have a conversation with somebody and you're not really getting to the crux of the matter of what, what their mindset is and where their svara lies. And therefore, what they said to him was, what are you thinking? What's going through your mind? That you're allowing, again, the ability to remove another before it happened. If you hold the batlin. That it's valid and then removed right away. So I don't understand. To have a kli to yuftach. So then the halacha of a vessel should be a question on you. Meaning, if a vessel is about to become tame, can you put it? Can you put it in a mikvah to prevent it from ever becoming tame? No. So if you hold that it's that the way the vow falls off is like a mikvah, that's not the way mikvah works. So that doesn't make sense. And and if you hold that when a husband in advance removes the wife's vows, it's not effective at all. To have a mikvah, to yuftach. Let the whole question on mikvah as a whole be the, be the question. Okay? Because again, the Chum are going to say that it's easier to, um, rem- for, from a mikvah, you see, it's easier to remove a tumah than to prevent the tum. Okay. Bottom line is, from this brisa and the conversation, the back and forth between the Chum and Rebbe Lezer, we don't have a proof as to, where, as to whether Rebbe Lezer expects it to not happen at all when you remove an advance, or whether it's happening and then falling off. It's unclear. So let's try again. Here we go, says the Gemara, Toshima. Come and listen, let's try to bring a raya from a brisa. Omar Lam Rebbe Lezer. Rebbe Lezer says back to the Chachamim. Another proof that you're allowed to remove something in advance. Umazraim temeyim. If let's say you have seeds that are planted. Okay? That temeyim, they're capable of becoming tome. Why? 
we're dealing here, as the Mepharshim explained, with uh, seeds that they themselves are food. Something itself is edible. So that could become tummy. The same way food could become tummy. Kivon shezarim bekarka tahirin. But once you put them into the ground, so they're no longer seeds that are going to be eaten. So now they're tahar, because not food, it's just a regular, simple seed. Zeruim va'imdim like koshke. How much more so, something that is already zeruim va'imdim, right, it's already tar, like koshke, how much more so they should be tar. Shmamina, now, oh, one second. So, so too, says Rabbi Lazar, using the svara of seeds, that if... A husband says in advance to his wife that I'm removing your vows. It's going to happen after. It's effective and then gone. So you see from here that Rabbi Lezer Svara is that ahead of time, the halacha is the same, the, the same way we find by the seeds. That if you, have, if you have seeds that are meant to be planted, not seeds that are eaten, seeds that are meant to be planted, they're never going to be tome initially. Because these aren't food seeds, these are planting seeds, and if they would become tummy while, uh, while it's attached, it's not even going to become tummy at all. So you see that this logic of Rebbe Lezer of not become tummy at all is what he's connecting to his halacha of vow removal. Hence, the vow is not going to be effective at all. Okay, so that whole Gemara, call it from the beginning of the Gemara until this point, was trying to clarify the Shitas Rebbe Lezer, the pin of Rebbe Lezer, who says... That a husband has the ability to remove, although he cannot confirm a vow in advance, he has the ability to remove a vow. And how does it work? It works in a way that the vow is not even effective at all. It's not that it comes and it falls off. It's not effective. That we've clarified now, Rebbe Liezer's approach. Now we're going to shift over to the opinion of the Chachamim, who hold that the same way you cannot confirm a vow in advance, you are also not able to remove a vow in advance. For the Rabbana did not agree with Rebbe Lezer's, did not agree with Rebbe Lezer's logic. We know there's a lach in the Torah of a family has a difficult time raising their daughter. So they're allowed to, the father's allowed to sell the daughter as an Amma Ivriya as long as she is a Kitana. As long as she's a minor. Now, notice it's fascinating the difference between an Evid Ivri and Amavriya. In Evid Ivri, a Jewish male is only able to be a servant in adulthood. It is impossible for, an Evid, for a, a Jewish male to be a servant when he's younger than Bar Mitzvah. It's only in adulthood. A, you need to have the right to either sell yourself or you have to be Chayov to pay something back. You stole, and now Bezdan will sell to pay off your debt. That's how you become an Evid Ivri. Either way. You need to have rights to yourself to sell yourself. By a Jewish woman, it's the opposite. You're only able to be in servitude as an Amavriya un- until you become an adult. And as my father, Zuchayin Lebracha, would point out, the shairesh of the word Amma is Aim. Aim. What's Aim in Hebrew? A mother. A mother. A Yiddish mama. The Torah calls her an Amavriya because any time a family has to sell their daughter who's so young, to another family, they have to bring her into marriage and treat her like an like an aim, treat her like a like a mother with with uh, the utmost respect. But once a Jewish woman becomes a, a gedayla, there's no such rights over her. 
So the Brisa says, What about when she's a Naira? So she's in between. She's not a complete minor. She's not yet a Baigeris. Okay? Amra Kavachaymer. So we'll say, what's the halacha by a Naira? Not so clear in the Torah. So we'll make a Kavachaymer. We'll use our logic. Mechura, if she was sold before she's 12 years old, Kvar Yaitza, the halacha is, once she reaches Naras, she goes free. So, if she's not sold prior to being a Nara, how much more so do you see that she's not able to be sold as a Nara? Meaning, if she's nine years old when the father sells her as an Amavriya, she's going to go out when she becomes a Nara. We know that. So, one says, well, she goes out when she becomes a Nara, how much more so does it make sense? You can't initially sell her as a Nara. Okay, now what do you see from this logic that, as, that if you have a setting where something is going to stop, it's going to stop a current reality, for example, the case of this Jewish woman has sold, so surely you should be able to prevent something else from happening. So why don't the Chachamim agree with Rebbe Eliezer as well that the same way that... Um, that uh, but why don't they agree with Rabbi Yezer that when it comes to the removing of a vow, we should allow the husband to remove now his wife's future in the dark. Because afterwards he could remove it, so let him remove it now already. It's Gavaldik, uh, you know, great challenge on the Chum. Now the, again, the reason why this is a beautiful challenge, because sometimes we'll challenge their opinion as a whole. Here we're going to challenge, we'll call it the hypocrisy in it. The hypocrisy in it is, you know, hypocrites. But if you're going to hold one halacha, that same svara, should have, the, that same logic has to apply to um, has to apply to vows. You can't just say the logic when it comes to, to a namavria. I want to just uh, pause here on this question and uh, focus how it mamish connects to to the parsha. We had this past Shabbos here in Shul. This chus to host Rabavi Libowitz. Give the drasha, the Shabbos, and, and uh, he's here visiting from Palo Alto, California. He's a there and a rav, tremendous talmid chacham. So part of the idea within the vart that he said with um, when Yosef Atzadik said, Ani Yosef Ha'idavichai. So he connected the parts of Ayachib, getting into the brachas that Yaakov Avinu gave to Shimon and Levi. It's beautiful. He says, I, I, I never connected these dots. Shimon and Levi get into a debate with their father after they killed Alchah. What was the debate? Yaakov says, you can't kill out people. And what's their, what's their final answer? They say, Well, you want our, our sister to be a prostitute? You've got to stand up for your siblings. You've got to stand up for your sister. And what happens? No response. Yaakov doesn't respond to them. It seems, as my father would point out, so my father's going to point out, there's, there's no winner in this debate. There's two valid approaches here. Yaakov's telling them, Lamaisa, you're wrong. And they say, why are we wrong? They're coming with the strong... Sometimes you have situations, my father would say, where both sides are right. It just doesn't work out together. But both sides have a, have a valid approach. Now listen to this. It's Meredith. Meredith. They come down to Mitzrayim. Yosef reveals himself. And then Yaakov in Parshas Vayechi challenges them again. He says, Shimon Velevi Achim, Klei Chomas I thought there's no winner to the debate. Why are you giving them Musr again? Rabbi Libu said like this beauty. 
Did you know why? Because the brachas are now after Mechiras Yosef. After Yosef was sold. And what Yaakovina was telling them is, in our previous conversation, your claim back to me in the debate, whether or not you should have killed Achchem, was, what do you want us to do? Not stand up for our sister? Yaakovina says, no, 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 no. Shimon and Levi, really? You care so much about your siblings? Where were you when Yosef was sold? Where were you? If you're going to come with a value to the table, a good value, be consistent in it. But if you're not consistent in it, that means, we're talking about speaking about the shift they cut, not Chasom to speak negatively, but just take our personal message from, the, from what the Torah is sharing us about the, the, the words that Yaakov shared with Shimon and Levi. you got to be consistent. And that's what Yosef was saying as well when he said, Ani Yosef, Ha'ir he says, you keep telling me how much you care about... He knows Yaakov's alive. They kept talking about their old man. They kept talking about Yaakov. But Yosef Asadik is saying, Ani Yosef, you care so much about your old man. And you have this Maisa with Dina, and you have all this, and you're, you're nervous, or you can't bring Binyamin, because... Ani Yosef. Where's the consistency over here? You saw me that was time. You cared, about, uh, you cared about Papa back then? Beauty. All right. So back to our Gemara. That's the Gemara similarly... Kind of, uh, I'll pee the same direct, same Tacham, listen. You got to be consistent. If you're allowing something in advance to stop, i.e. by the halachas of, um, by the halachas of Amavriya, you're going to use this logic. You got to be consistent. Use the same logic when it comes to the dark. Givaldi. Answers the Gemara top of Amad base. And yes, it's taka true. But Alma, in the world, meaning usually, Darshi Kavachaymer. The Chachamim would darshan the Kavachamim. What does it mean darshan the Kavachamim? They agree with the Svarah. They agree with the logic. However, they don't apply it here. They don't apply it to the Dar. Why? The shiny Hacha, the Darim is different. The Yom Akra, because there's a special puzzle which says, as they proved it originally, this was the original Raya, whatever situation a husband can confirm about, that's how he removes it. And what did we learn in the Mishnah? That a husband is not able to confirm vows in advance. And therefore, you can't remove it either. Beautiful. So we asked the question, we had challenged the why not be consistent in your reasoning? And they come with a good answer. They say, you know why? Because by vows, the Torah says, don't follow that reasoning. And if you cannot confirm a vow in advance, you cannot remove a vow in advance. That's why we argue in Revel Yezer. I, the Swara, I know, we like the Swara, but a Swara doesn't argue on a Pasuk. Okay. Four lies on the top, Zok the Mishnah. According to this Mishnah, remember we learned that a husband and father are able to remove a vow. This Mishnah is going to say, you only have that specific day to remove the vow. It's not like a 24-hour period from when you heard. This opinion is, you have that day. So sometimes it'll be five minutes, sometimes it'll be five hours, sometimes it'll be ten hours. Removing a vow, you have the entire day. Sometimes it's a kula, sometimes it's a leniency, sometimes it is a stringency, as far as a 24-hour period. Okay? Ketzad, for example. She makes a vow, Lele Shabbos. This is Friday night. She's now going to have Friday night and Shabbos day until it gets dark. 
Let's say she made a nether right before Shabbos is over, before it gets dark. Then Okay. Let's say she makes a nether a minute before uh, before it gets dark, and the husband father hears about it, so he only has one minute because as soon as it gets dark, he loses his rights. Okay, so you find some situations where it's uh, you have a lot of time, and some situations where you have less time. Tani Blumen Tener Brai says, "Doctor Gemara, for us the Darim Kolaya, I'm Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael, They say, no, it's not that day. Rather, it is twenty-four hours. My time of Tanakama. What's the reason for Tanakama that you don't have twenty-four hours? Rather, you just have that halachic Jewish day. Omar Kra, Biyoyim Shomai, the day that he hears it, he's got to remove it. So, if it's Tesva of Shvat." You got to remove it on Tesla Shvat. That's it. The Rabban, but the Rabban argue. What do the Rabban say? So the Rabban on my Tamaya, what's the reasoning? They say, me I'm from day to day, which is 24 hour period. Now in classic Gemara fashion, we're going to play ping pong. All right, we'll go back and forth with the verses. Tanakama says, Biyayim Shomai, that day. The Chom said, no, Miyayim Elyayim. So let's go through. Why does what does the Tanakhama find wrong with the verse of Miyam al Yaim? It's he needs it for a different Allah Dibiyam Shamay Havamina Biyamama in Belay I would think you can only remove a vowel during the daytime, not by nighttime, except Miyam al Yaim. Different says by day to day. Which means that the um the uh you can remove a vowel even uh, any time during night or day doesn't make a difference. Doesn't need to be mamish like the sun is out shining. Let's do with that pasuk. I would think you have an entire week. That's miyayim al yam from this day to the next this day. So I would think it's seven days. Sunday to the next Sunday. Yom al yam the same day it is now. I have till the next day that has this day. We do not paskin like this pair of chachamim. What does that mean? He paskins like our Mishnah, which is you do not have 24 hours, you only have a Mishnah. Levi wanted to give 24 hour period to remove the vow. Rav says, My beloved. Uh, uh, my beloved Rebbe taught me ain't halacha hazug. The halacha does not follow that zug. Rather, you only have that day. Chia barav, Chia, the son of Rav, shadi gira. He would throw gira is an arrow, ubadik, and he would, and he would check. He would check. He would apparently there was some way that he would be able to figure out the exact time. Of when the 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 vow uh, had to uh, be nullified by Rabbi Baravuna and Rabbi Barav would sit or stand when removing a vow. Okay, now this is a little bit different than the twenty four hours, but the reason why we're bringing it in is because since once we're discussing the twenty four hour period 
that you have. So we're mentioning also Chiyobarav when he would remove a vow separate, stam, when somebody would come to him as a, as a mumcha, as an expert in vow removal, he would, uh, he would either stand or sit when removing a vow, which is just letting us know that the Chacham doesn't need to be in a specific physical, uh, physical position when removing a vow. Okay. Um, let us hold it here for today. There's a good stopping point, classically in Dharam style. It's very good. The Dharam's incredible. A lot of Dafin. The, the Sugyas uh, stop and start very, you know, very, very close, if not exactly at the bottom of the Yomot or at the bottom of the Daf. Okay, so we'll hold it here for today. And Be'ezras Hashem, tomorrow, we're going to at least begin tomorrow's Daf, focusing on the halachas of removing a vow on Shabbos. Well, how exactly they would go through that process. We will hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.